Hey guys, it's your girl Dinola Ndashi Jameson and you are listening to the Conversations with Purposed Women. This podcast is all about empowering women to thrive in their work with Jesus, motivation and accountability. We talk all things from celibacy, singleness, marriage, finances and purpose. I'm here to make sure that you are inspired, equipped and empowered to pursue God's mission. I invite you on this journey with me. Let's go after everything we've got together. Hello everyone, welcome to the Conversations with Purposed Woman podcast. I am so glad to be back with fresh revelation to exhort y'all. We are going to dive into a very interesting topic, um, one that we can draw so much purposeful perspective from. And um, I don't know, maybe it comes from being a storyteller, a writer, I don't know, but I love storytelling and I love drawing perspective out of um, storytelling. So um, I think two months ago, I um, came across a movie on Netflix called Like Cotton Twines. Um, This is a fictional movie um, directed by an American and Ghanaian filmmaker. In this movie... It conveys how the religious practice of trocosy in Ghana impacts the daily lives of Ghanaian girls and women. Uh, In Ghana and most of African countries today, teenage girls' private parts are still mutilated for religious practices. So in this movie, let's, let's call her name Elizabeth, right? In this movie, Elizabeth's father accidentally murdered someone and he threw this body into a ditch. Somewhere, somehow, he actually thought no one would find it or no one would see him, but someone saw what happened, right? And um, this was reported to the traditional chief in that vicinity, in that village. And um, the tradition is that If a father or a mother commits a crime, the children have to pay for it. So the sentence for his son, the compensation for his son or for his crime was that his daughter, which was Elizabeth, she had to pay the price for her father's crime. Now, Elizabeth was a 16-year-old girl. She was in high school. She was in school. Yeah, I think high school. Um, She was about to conclude her high school. And um, she loved her education so, so much. She was a bright and smart learner. And um, there was a teacher that came to volunteer in Ghana. He was an American. Um, He came to volunteer to teach English. And this was actually a Christian school. And he found out about the act that her father did because she told him that she might have to drop out of school. And he was not very... (laughs) He was not really... He was not very excited to hear that. He was very upset because, remember, these are systems that do not apply in other countries. It was very weird. It was very shocking. It was extremely shocking to him. And um, he took it upon himself to see if he could find a way for her to escape. Um, But it didn't work. It failed, you know. Um, So the condition was she had to get married to the chief of that village and she had to get, um, and she had to serve in his shrine for ten years, ten long years, guys. 
and then that would mean she can, she can go back to school whatever age she might be then so um that is what happened and surprisingly enough she accepted it you know it was either that or her whole family could be killed for not serving in the shrine now notice this she, this chief was also married to a lot of other young girls who were serving sentences of what their father or mother or family members did and they were virgins so at a very young age elizabeth was mutilated you can google that up and see that that practice still exists in a lot of other african countries um for traditional reasons so um elizabeth then had to drop out of school and go and serve in the shrine that means she was now arrested to serve the sentence of her father and in serving her sentence this american teacher advocated for her right to have education he was very adamant about it he was very persistent about it um to the point that he actually confronted the priest who was in charge of the school that he the, chief, the, the the priest actually became very quiet he became silent about the injustice that was taking place which was very unfair and um for a christian pastor or a priest this was very shocking so he decided not to continue to teach he wanted to return back to the united states you know he has never seen anything like this before he was extremely upset and um he decided to then stay a bit longer and to advocate for elizabeth's right to have education so that became a succession she was able to to go and sit in classes you know while she was serving in the shrine at certain periods during the day and elizabeth fell pregnant she became pregnant with this chief's baby and when it was time for delivery elizabeth died while giving birth she didn't survive only the baby did and um her dream was to become a ballerina elizabeth's dream and she before she died she really asked this teacher to vow to take care of her you know to not leave her you know that his advocacy his support along with so many other learners really helped her to have focus and to see the bigger picture of what was what was happening for longevity for purpose so she passed on during delivery and the parents took the baby and this teacher went back to the united states and as the baby started growing they decided to reach out to the american teacher in america and they asked him to come back to ghana so that he could take the baby and so that the baby could have a better education in ghana sorry in in america and um so he came back and he took the baby and guess what this baby had the best education in the united states this teacher gave her the best she became a ballerina she she relieved or she lived out every desire every dream that her mother had that her mother could not live through right and there was that is what caught me while watching this it's really it's really a tear 
joker. I, I cried. <laughs> it's a beautiful movie. But I became so emotional because of the purpose behind this. You know, it's, it's actually a fictional movie. But this girl could live out her mom's dream, her mom's purpose that her mother could not live out. And that's the power of the story. And um, why am I saying this? Why am I making a podcast about this? You know, I've been, I've been pondering on the storyline and it, it has really left a mark of longevity for me in terms of the decisions that we're making in the now, right? If, if anything is to happen to me, you know, can my purpose outlive me? Can it really live through this generation? And not just mine, even yours, even the way you live, even the decisions that you're making in the now. Can that outlive when you're not here, right? Can people still read my books? Can they still listen to this podcast? That is what it's all about. So this story took me to the to the story of Abraham and Lot, right? Um, and this is in Genesis chapter 18, um, from verse 20. Um, what happened in the story is that Abraham took it upon himself to intercede for Lot. If you read in the prior scriptures of, of this story, you'll see what Lot did to him. But he, because of his love, because of his love for the Lord and his love for Lord, he still chose to make intercession for Lord. So let's read. Let's read. Let's quickly dive into this. Um, it's in Genesis chapter 18. I'll read from verse 20 and I'll read it in segments. And the Lord said, because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grave, I will go down and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it that has come to me, and if not, I will know. Then the men turned away from there and went towards Sodom, but Abraham still stood before the Lord. And Abraham came near and said, Would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Now this is Abraham asking God. And verse 24 continues. He says, Suppose there were 50 righteous within the city. Would you also destroy the place and not spared for the 50 righteous that were in it. Far be it from you to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? So it continues. Abraham continues to bargain and, 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 and negotiate with God in making intercession for Lot, right? And um, I'll continue from verse 31. And he said, Indeed now, I have taken it upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose 20 should be found there. So he said, I will not destroy for the sake of 20. Then he said, Let not the Lord be angry. And I will speak, but once more, suppose ten be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of ten. So the Lord went his way as soon as he had finished speaking with Abraham. And Abraham returned to his place. Wow. Look at Abraham 
being persistent, consistent to make intercession for Lot. He, he negotiated and bargained it down to 10 people and the Lord said he will not destroy it. So there was grace for Lot to be saved with it, along with his family for a city that God was about to destroy, right? So God was about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah you know, because of the outcry that was against that city. It's so beautiful. It's, this, is, this is so beautiful. And why am I contrasting this with this movie? Um, immediately after I watched this movie, I was drawn to go back to this chapter and read about the story, to read about Abraham's intercession for Lot. And it left me with a question. It left me to do introspection. How am I inter making intercession in the way that I live for the next generation? Even when they are caught up with the wicked things of this world. How am I led to make intercession for my loved ones who are not with the Lord yet? Even though they are caught up in living lives that are contrary to what the word of God says. And that is... And that, that is, it all boils down to dying to self, right? So, my question to you is this. How are you advocating for the kingdom? But in longevity. How are you advocating for your loved ones? For your children and for your children to come? Or for the spouse that you're waiting for? How are you advocating for the full manifestation of that in your waiting. And even if that is to come, if you are to fall away tomorrow, how will that advocacy, that intercession speak for legacy? Will your life leave a mark for legacy that will outlive you, that will outlive a generation or generations to come? Because back to Elizabeth's story, her daughter could outlive further what she could not. And there was an English teacher who advocated with persistence and consistency. He went against the barriers of tradition to leave a mark. Right? So I'm going to leave you with this. And I pray that this will help you draw perspective to not make decisions in temporary, uncomfortable situations, but to think long-term. The next generation is waiting. Your legacy awaits. Do not eat your seeds for the harvest that's awaiting. A greater cultivating purpose on this earth and into eternal glory. So that's it from my heart to yours. I pray that this podcast encourages you. Grace and peace.